Let's take our Bibles and take up and read it. Psalm 23, a psalm of David, the shepherd and the sheep. Perhaps the most well-known of the psalms, well-known often preached at funerals, well-known so that it ought to be lived by, as well as our comfort in our death. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On these words, especially focusing on verse 5, we meditate for a few moments this morning. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. We have been... <clears throat> Reminded once again of the many enemies that beset us and that are all around us. And I'm referring to the elections and the passing of certain proposals. And no matter how you look at it, um, one point of view that we would take is that in a great deal, in a, in a great and significant way, evil is spoken. The promotion of the murder of infants and the babies in the womb and the promotion of injustice and the passing off as mercy, different proposals. It's all a mess. And I don't know about you, but we can feel often frustrated and we can be alarmed maybe at this and we can maybe react in a bad way. It doesn't show that we're Christians and that we understand uh, that God is God, he's in control. We're mindful of the fact as well, and this is how God uses this for good, that we are evil in ourselves. We're the ones who would propose things to God and seek to change his mind. We don't really like the way things go. We would get our candidates elected. We would be our own person. And you know how it is to live as if there's no God act and to think that way and to be those who act in a way unworthy of the name child of God. We're mindful also of the real enemy, that's death, the last enemy in the passing of a grandma and a mother and, and, and a, uh, a wife this past week in the covenant community, touches home, effects of the curse, and even though we're not cursed, Death is a passageway to heaven, yet there is an enemy that it is, a reality and a fear that we can experience. So all of these enemies, 
got me to thinking we need to know our friend. And that's God. Our friend, God, who's our Savior and who's our shepherd. And what better way can there be to think upon the friend of sinners, even God Almighty, our shepherd, thinking upon the fact that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Not only is this important as we partake of the supper and that table, but all the time. There's this God is our friend, and he's giving us to eat and drink of him and of all of his bounties right in the midst of our enemies, in the thick of the battle. What a great God. What a great word from heaven that we'd consider. So we're reminded here in this shepherd's psalm of the shepherd's table. That's how I take it here. Some think that there's really two parts to Psalm 23, the first four and then the last two, referring to God as the shepherd and then to God as the host, as if they were two different metaphors. I tend to side with the the interpretation that this is all about a shepherd who prepares even a table before the sheep in the presence of their enemies, the enemies of the sheep. And it could very well uh, be referring there for this table to a table land, as experts in uh, raising sheep remind us. There's a, maybe allusion here to food in the, the table land, the high mesa or highland of the summer where uh, shepherds would prepare things for their sheep to graze on the succulent grasses in the summertime. This is how I would have us read this psalm. However you read it, it's the provision of God for his people. But here, think of sheep. And we have to think of ourselves as sheep and children. Remember that. You're children of your parents, children of God, but you're also sheep. The Bible describes us as sheep, and one very important reason is to humble us. Because sheep don't amount to much. In themselves, they're very needy, and they need everything from a shepherd, or they'll, they'll perish for sure. They need food, pasture. They need to be kept from noxious weeds, and they need a peaceful environment as well, because any enemy of theirs would frighten them to death, hardly, uh, almost, so that they could hardly eat, and most of their enemies could kill them, and would unless the shepherd intervened. They are prone to disease and they need watchful care of the shepherd night and day if they are to survive. Well, of course, this being the word of God and we have other scriptures to help us interpret this metaphor of the provision of God, we know that it's God's spiritual provision here that is Uh, spoken to us of in this preparation of a table, the anointing of head with oil, the cup running over, and so on. And every aspect of this psalm speaks of God's care of us. We know that this is God's feeding us, and we can understand this as well, to be God's care of us in 
every area of our life on the table land, not just at a, a table that we'd eat at or even in the house of God, but it's God caring for us in, in this whole land, this, this existence on this earth. He feeds us, therefore, and as the psalm says, he leads us in paths of righteousness in this land. We call it the land of the kingdom of heaven manifest on the earth. There's a valley of the shadow of death. We walk through that. He's with us there with his rod and his staff, symbolizing his governing, his caring, his prodding us, his providing for us. And so we know this is the care of God for us, as the Bible teaches everywhere, in Jesus. Jesus is our pasture. He's our word. He's God's word from heaven for us to eat and to drink, as he says in John 6. After he's reflecting upon the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus teaches he is the manna. He's the bread from heaven. He's whatever we eat, we eat him by faith in this life. In fact, so that his life courses through us, the sheep, the good shepherd he is, gives us life for us, and he forgives our sins, and we'll speak of this presently, but he gives also the Holy Spirit so that our uh, cup runs over, our heads are anointed with oil. This is the picture here. Now, this table specifically is said to be prepared by God before the recipient of the bounty of the table. And that preparation is, is very significant. And again, using the metaphor of the shepherd preparing the table or the table land, it could be a reference here to a shepherd who, as following the shepherd expert lead, a shepherd who early in the spring would uh, go to the summer pastures and prepare things for happy and healthy grazing. So the shepherd maybe would go up to the highlands, leaves the sheep in the, in the valleys for a while, and goes there and prepares while the snow is still lingering on the highlands and, and would see the weeds poking up that were noxious to the health of the, of the sheep, and he'd get rid of the weeds. He'd look for the hiding places of enemies, tried to scare them out, I guess. Whatever he's doing, he would survey the rim rock and the meadows there and see if this is going to be good for the sheep. I'd have to clear some places if the lambs were to eat um, these different things that are inedible and noxious to them, they, they might perish. So everything is according to the shepherd's plan. He looks ahead, he does things that are necessary for the care of the sheep. That's on his mind. But one thing, the care of the sheep. Every sheep, not just the strong, but the weak, not just the mature, but the young, the sheep and the lambs. This is exactly the care of our God. This is not something that Reformed people love because they say, aha, preparation, that means decree. That is, it's not something we take here as if this is Maybe a stab in the dark, it's just the decree of God because we're thinking of preparation and that beforehand God ordained all things. But rather, this is something that jumps out at us. 
This is how God prepares for us ultimately. And before earth's foundations or ever there was highlands or lowlands or you and, and me. God, the God of preparation according to his great plan and decree called his good pleasure and his counsel. This is definitely something that is here by implication. There's a plan of the God who knows the end from the beginning. Before the worlds were made and there was any uh, place for us to live, God was thinking about this earth and that it would be a place where he would feed sheep chosen themselves before the foundation of the world. This is definitely how we give glory to God here. Glory to God in this day in which everything seems to be prepared by man and all of the elections that didn't go our way, the proposals, they were uh, results of people's crafty preparation, manipulation, and, and so on. God prepares a table, a table land, a whole earth in which he would feed and care for and provide for in every way his people. That's the word of God. For this past week, for psalmists of old and for God's people whenever they live, God has a plan. That means, of course, it's grace that's something that God is preparing to show and even that he is showing in eternity and the reality of the decree. There's grace before time, you know. Timothy speaks of that in 2 Timothy 1. God had grace for us and showed that somehow before we even were. In the reality of his living will, He's God, after all, knowing the end from the beginning and that this earth, though it become a battleground and though there become many enemies to the elect of God, would be a place of grace. And he chooses us in grace before the foundation of the world to be the people provided for, of all the people, the people of God's decree and grace and love in Christ. That's, of course, who's provided for here. God prepares a table, beloved, because he prepared his son. And he prepared a body, Hebrews says, for the son, the eternal son. A perfect body conceived of the Holy Spirit and in the womb of Mary and developed perfectly. And this one prepared in his childhood who learns even obedience so that he can be the perfect Messiah and go the way of the cross of redemption. This one would be our righteousness. And so that we could have access and a right to the table. This is what the Lord's Supper is all about. God providing Jesus. And God providing for the breakage of his body and the pouring, not the, break, the breaking of his body and death, but not a bone. The pouring out of his blood on the cross. This is the preparation of God and the fulfillment of all that he prepared to provide for the people. Jesus. And then 
He gives the Holy Spirit, of course, by which the, the guilty are justified because with the Spirit comes faith and also the anointing of our heads with oil. Dare we say also that this includes the church of Christ. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies in the church that you provide. With his office bearers, it's a supervision of the supper, and there's this opening of the kingdom of heaven to the believers and the shutting of it to unbelievers. Isn't it the case, beloved, that we confess even that this whole earth is like a table land for the people of God? Since God provides... Jesus, he provides all the lesser things like this earth, like everything in this world so that we can eat and drink of Christ as his people and fear no enemies for God is with us as we are his in this world. So that's the first thing, beloved. The Lord provides a table, even the greatness of his bounty of his Son, and of all blessings in him. And we eat and drink, don't you? Jesus. Really. And I wonder sometimes, beloved, if we forget that we didn't drink him every day, and in the most unbelievable ways, There's many courses that God sets at this fine table that he prepares. Eating and drinking of his son, after all, is eating and drinking of the wisdom of his son, so that when you need wisdom, you sheep, you eat and drink Christ and you gain wisdom. Some of us need that wisdom today and weeks to come about decisions we have to make. Mates we have to pursue and to marry in the Lord. Future for our work, the future for the church, the future for our family, the way of wisdom. We didn't drink Christ. The way of love when we were loveless, the way of reconciliation when there was a problem and, and there was a rift between friends. Eating and drinking Christ and taking of that special plate of forgiveness, we then see how to forgive. And we're strengthened as forgivers because we've been forgiven. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to analyze simply in light of the word of God the many blessings in heavenly places in Christ that are theirs prepared for us to eat. And how terribly we... We abstain from all the courses that are the blessings of salvation when we say, well, I can do this on my own and I'll eat and drink Christ, but for dessert, give me the world. Beloved, there's dessert at the table too, if you want to say that. Everything you need, and there's guidance there, and there's this word for life, and there's this word for death, and how to live and die happily in Jesus, even when there's enemies. And this is the main beauty of the text here, that God prepares a table before me, even 
in the presence of my enemies, right in front of them. Now, to use the metaphor again, we know that sheep had many, many enemies, predators, wolves and coyotes and bears and lions and wild dogs and so on. And such enemies that they work often in, in the night and you come back and the shepherd comes back to the, the tableland in the day and only sees the devastation of the night before. The predators have gone away. But there's a hoof, there's a little bit of fleece. It's all that's left of the sheep. There's other enemies to sheep, of course, many insects and disease and One shepherd speaks of flies that would infest the sheep in the summer and they'd crawl up their nostrils. It sounds kind of gross. So they'd go in their ears and they'd get deep into the brain of the sheep and they'd drive the sheep literally crazy. So they'd knock their heads against the bush or or rock or something and sometimes they'd refuse to eat because they're so pestered by the pests gotten into their minds and kept them from strong life or life itself. Besides, the sheep can harm themselves. They're an enemy to themselves, as we often are. There's belligerent sheep as well, and they can fight one another. And there's wayward sheep who lead the other wayward sheep, and they go where they shouldn't go, and they fall off cliffs, and they get in the brambles and so on. Oh, beloved, this is so clear to us, isn't it? The way that the Bible describes all the enemies that we have. And it's not just the outward enemies that are evil and this, this person with that policy in the, in the White House or these people ruining in Lansing or in D.C. and other things. But it's all kinds of things that can become our enemies because we let them, can it? And I'm referring to disease that we can have. And we can let this, because of our unbelief, become an occasion for our not believing in God. Or successes, they can be our enemies. The devil has many ways of making everything he can to be against us and to get in the way from us and the table of the Lord. And so there we were. And in our want, we were crying upon God, but in our In our wealth, oh, we don't need God so much. We don't really have an appetite for God and his church anymore and the word of God preached and the sacrament and the word that we we should read. And so we just go by. And so... The nature of the sheep leads us to, like anything, except the table of the Lord that he prepares for us. People of God, is, is that you? Is, is that a description of, of me? I, I think it is. All we, like sheep, have gone astray and we go from the table. We, we go from communion with God to separation from God, from being near to God to being far from God. And how that can be, even though 
God is faithful, that our unfaithfulness can somehow separate us from the experience of his love and of his favor. That's a mystery. How can we let this happen? How can we be irritated by things this past week as as I've been? How can we let things get into our minds other than the Word of God, like little flies? Beloved, don't let that happen. Little thoughts, little foxes in the vineyard, little pests among the sheep, disturb the sheep. Give her not to mind the things of God and of the gospel and of grace and Instead, to mind the things of this earth, little flies on YouTube, whatever else you're watching, it gets into your brain, turns you from thinking the things of God and to wanting to be entertained or thinking that you have a right to entertainment all your life and not to serious, responsible, holy Christianity. But God says here, I'm preparing a table for you right in the presence of your enemies. Right in the presence of them. Now, this is simply what God does, isn't it? He leaves enemies. Maybe some of you are thinking Christian life is it's victory and there's no enemies. This text refutes that right away. In the presence of enemies... No fault of God, but the preparation of God. In fact, God prepares that there be enemies and that we would partake of a table in the midst of enemies for our good. You know why, don't you? Because in the midst of enemies, and they're all around, we're compelled by God to cry out to him. To bah, bah, cry out as the sheep with a shepherd. And to trust in him. And to tell him we need him. That's the kind of God we have. The Bible is full in the New Testament of how trials are things to be rejoiced in because they lead to patience and belief and to our thinking of another world as our hope. And are not relying on ourselves or anything else in this entire universe, except the God of the universe. And we should trust in that, God. And beloved, this week, thinking about last week, thinking upon the week to come, I urge you, trust in that God. You know who this God is? He's the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, the psalmist says in verse 1. That's Yahweh. That's the I am that I am. The God who is. You know what the enemies are? Oh, they are, all right. They're real. But it is as if they are nothing compared to God. Think of that. What are enemies to God but servants of God? What's the devil to God? but under God, on his leash, as it were. 
What's an enemy therefore to you who have God as a friend? And though the majority of this world and the mob of this world and the decrees and the proposals of this world are all against you, God has said, I love you. And if God be for you and has a word for you, even Jesus, who shall be against you? And if you're hated, for God's sake, what shall separate you from the love of God in Christ? That's what the enemies are to God. There is nothing, and they should be as nothing to us, even though they hurt. Death hurts. Sting is out of it. Think of that. Right in the context here, we're said that to be those who walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but it's only the shadow of death that we experience. There's no sting in death anymore. Jesus Christ is delivered for our death, and he's risen. We need not fear even death. Therefore, we fear not all the little things, which are not so little, but compared to death they are. I'll fear no evil, because God's over death even, and he's ours forever. Our beloved, much more could be said, but we have to bring this home, bring it to ourselves. Perhaps after a couple of words that are most important, the most important words in this psalm are the words that have to do with the first person pronoun. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I'm so happy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will. Now you say that, people of God. You say that. That's what God wants us to say today. The Lord is my shepherd. In the presence of my enemies, there's this table. There's this table land. There's my life, my existence. By grace. And with a great prospect of heaven. Say that. And mean that. Much to tempt us to fear, to eat and drink and be merry, tomorrow we die, to build barns, to be distracted in our Christianity. There's prodigal sons who are ashamed to eat at the table, and prodigal daughters afraid to come back. Shame has taken them, but it ought not to take us except to the cross to repent and back to Jesus. If only we would remember that. When the good things overtake and the bad things overtake, it's not good. Don't let them. God is your shepherd. 
cry to him. And so you'll know, and I will know as well, beloved, that life isn't just about hanging on. It's about being full of God and being happy. The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Our cup runs over. Our, our joy is with, without containment, and, and we spill over into this world, and the sheep become those who lead others to Christ. And it's so wonderful how God works that way. And so that I know, and families that go to the house of mourning will know tomorrow, the goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A table is prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. There's a table being prepared where the mansions of glory are being prepared in the presence of just friends, just friends, and the friend God who loves us and who is preparing this feast of the lamb and the sheep together to eat, the husband and the bride, in heaven forever. Amen.